Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us on the Weekly Standard to bring a little class to this operation is Jonathan Fee Last from the Weekly Standard. And Jonathan, the uh, breaking news as we speak uh, is that the campaign manager of a frontrunner for a major political party has been charged with the crime of assaulting a reporter. I, I think this is a first in modern American political history. You know, I was thinking about this actually a few minutes ago. I was trying to think has this ever happened before? I mean, not in my lifetime. I mean, I was only born in 74. I've only been really like sentient for six or seven uh, presidential campaigns. Uh, <laughs> I was I, thinking six or seven years knowing you, JBL. <laughs> minutes. But... <laughs> minutes. Well, thank you for upgrading me to years. Uh, yeah, no, I, I can't think of anything like this. And if anything like this had ever happened to anybody else before, can you imagine how fast this campaign manager would have been tossed under the bus and cast out, right? Because it just isn't worth the risk. I mean, the truth is campaign strategists are a dime a dozen, especially in the Trump campaign. I mean, Trump is the Trump campaign. Mm -hmm. No campaign manager is doing anything for him. He has the entire race in his own head to the extent that he has a theory of the race. Um, so it's not like it would cost him anything, anything real. Uh, but this is, this is what Trump does. He doubles down on everything. And of all the things which are interesting about this case, uh, the most interesting is that the whole thing could have gone away in about seven minutes. I mean, the, Michelle Fields and Breitbart were not looking to get a scalp from this. Uh, a simple apology and probably even just a private apology. I don't think they would have needed to make a public apology. And this entire thing goes away. And yet here we are now three weeks, four weeks after the fact, and we've got uh, the campaign manager for Donald Trump turning himself into the Jupiter police station to get himself arrested and booked on bat simple battery <laughs> charges. And you just think, oh, my God, how did we get here? And you know, one of the, uh, the topics is the coarsening of you know, political discourse and people are blaming Trump for it with, you know, you can see where that conversation goes. But to me, the coarsening that's most disturbing, JVL, is the coarsening of this kind of agreement that as a political candidate and a team obviously we're going to spin you we're going to try to get you to see our way but we're not going to stand right in front of you while we're on fire and go fire what fire and that this is a new place that trump has taken us where after the uh, uh arrest was made they were trying to to say well no no there was no arrest well you I mean you're right that the police didn't come get him he showed up there oh there's no no but here's the charging document after the video came out that showed he had grabbed her we never grabbed her just looking you in the eye and telling you things that you know are not true this is a new uh, barrier to having political discourse if you have to fact check the facts as they're happening in front of your eyes. Did you ever imagine that Republicans could possibly field a candidate who made Hillary Clinton look more trustworthy <laughs> and less prone to lying? I mean, <laughs> this is, you know, the, the Clinton camp, the Clinton people sort of lie reflexively. I, I remember one of the things that was interesting about the, the Clinton campaign, the, the very first time around, the first Clinton, Bill Clinton campaign, um, was they were so they would reflexively lie about things that they didn't even have to. I remember right. he was once he was president. I think this was ninety four, ninety five. Um, there was an incident where he lied about what he ordered at a camp at a, a, a stop at a McDonald's. 
Why? Why? But nobody actually cared. This is one of these things where, like, you know, like this was a two day story where, like, the Washington Post reporters right. had to go and fact check, you know, well, what did the president really order? Did he order a Big Mac or did he order the McBLT or, you know, what the hot side says hot and the cool side says cool? <laughs> and, and, uh, and so people thought, oh my gosh, these people really, they just lie as a matter of course. Um, the Trump people do too, and, and to an extent which even makes the Clintons look. Kind, I, I like to think that even Hillary Clinton looks at this and thinks to herself, these guys are nuts. <laughs> but this is the difference. Trump would tell that lie about what he ordered while he was wiping this, the uh, secret sauce off of the or- edge of his mouth. He would say, no, 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 no. I ordered a fish sandwich. No, yeah. Dude, you're holding the Big Mac in front of me. And this is what I mean by the coarsening. I, I can't have a conversation about what policy would be or what we all believe in if the very basics are gone. And that's where Donald Trump has has, has uh, put us. I, uh, my Twitter feed all day, JVL, is full of the most preposterous stuff about, for example, me, your lovely host, MC, and star of the show. I found out today that I'm handled by the Salem Media Company because I was uh, uh, posting mess, uh, information about the arrest of Corey Lewandowski. I was told to say that by my handlers. Now, you know, JVL, that I'm not told that by handlers. I'm told that by my Zionist masters, and I thought everybody knew that. But, I mean, this is, this is the level— Don't let everyone know. <laughs> But it, it's and and this is before you even get to the fact that we have the kind of campaign where we have been told no matter what happens to Corey Lewandowski, no matter what he's convicted of, he's going to remain the campaign manager. Uh, yeah. And, and I would say this. This is I mean, what is interesting about this is that Trump has an actual cult of personality around him in the way that Bill Clinton did not. And um, when Bill Clinton would lie. People would cover up his lies that were politically useful, and the the lies which were not politically useful were sort of brushed aside as, oh, well, you know, he's a lovable scamp. It's what he does. He's a liar. He's slick willy. Uh, you know, I mean, Democrats didn't feel compelled to defend every lie, only the lies that were important to them politically. Trump, I mean, the, the cult of personality around Trump yeah, and the degree to which Trumpism is corrosive and corrupting is really something to behold. Yeah, and if you look what it's done to people who were once, you know, quasi-serious people like Sarah Palin mm-hmm. and Scott Brown and uh, and Ann Coulter and even, even Matt Drudge, right. I, I really, I you know, I've loved Matt Drudge for a long time. I, I think the Drudge Report is like a public utility. It is so indispensable, yeah, and it's because his sense for news is so fantastic. And like, you know, Matt really, Matt understands what stories are, what stories are titillating, what stories are interesting, even if other people don't. And he always, his own sort of interesting story instincts always trump, uh, so to speak, whatever his own political leanings are, you know. And now they're not. You know, as you and I speak right now, the top story in the Drudge Report is a bunch of things about Hillary Clinton and the Democratic race. Below that, without a picture, is the headline, which is in like the smallest headline font that he uses. And it is Corey charged with battery, and he has the word battery in scare quotes, on reporter. Now, if this was any other politician, even a politician that that Matt Drudge really, really liked, he would go to town with this because this story is fantastic. <laughs> so as you said, I said this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And it's got it's got everything in it. It really does have everything. It has, you know, an attractive up-and-coming young victim. It has this former state trooper turned campaign manager. And by the way, who in the world is surprised that like a state trooper turns out exactly. when you put him into politics? <laughs> you know, this, it's the statey from New England who turns out to have a bad temper. No, I never would have guessed that. Yeah. You know, 
and 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 it has you know on top of it the guy who's the leading candidate to be the Republican nominee, and and even Drudge is corrupted to try to like pretend that this didn't happen and get with the program. In the extent to which people feel like they can't be both for like a wall and real immigration reform and have an honest appraisal about what Donald Trump means, the fact that he is he has made it impossible to hold those two things together in your head at the same time is really corrosive and really problematic, I think. Absolutely. And I think the place you've seen the most corrosion was in talk radio, where you have people who made their careers arguing that there's this way to see the world and involve small government conservative principles that uh, you know can help you know make America better and help us figure out how we want to live our daily lives and uh, you know it's, you can argue that it's been partisan for the Republican nominee and that's generally true I think that's a fair cop for talk radio in general but but until there's a nominee pretty wide open you know pretty a lot of fighting over the mitts and the newts and the uh, McCains of the world and now to see Rush Limbaugh and Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity just I mean hurting their back carrying water for a candidate like uh, Donald Trump the kind of candidate that we would have had a great time a few years ago mocking just absolutely mocking. He is pure radio comedy gold. And instead, it's no, no, no. We've got to pretend that we take this guy seriously. It's just, it's tragic. Yeah, and you know, here's what I've, what I've spent like last six months thinking about is I understand people who prefer Trump to Cruz. I, I, that makes total sense to me. I can get that. I don't agree, mm, but I, I, right. I understand it. What I don't understand is people who like Trump but hate Cruz. You know, like and, and this is like what the Trumpistas have basically convinced themselves here is that Cruz is Jeb Bush. <laughs> they have <laughs> talked themselves into believing that Ted Cruz is no different than Jeb Bush or Marco Ruby or Mitt Romney. He's the same guy. And that to me seems insane. I mean, if you are a conservative who cares, like really cares about actual conservatism and the size of government and immigration reform and all that stuff, uh, Ted Cruz is the guy who comes right. from like your fantasy world. You know, he, he's the guy who never thought the Republican Party would ever get within spitting distance of the nomination. And here he is. And again, like I said, I can understand if you look at all that and you say, you know, I like Ted Cruz a lot, but I, I really prefer Donald on balance. I, again, I disagree, but I can understand it. But the Trump, the Trump people have talked themselves into believing that Cruz is a bad guy or some sort of fraud or something. And that to me, again, is just an, another sign of how corrupting all of this Trumpism is. Yeah. Okay? No, they're right, because that is truly corrosive, the idea that these – the ideas the, that we fought for, that people fight for and represent, these ideas are just gone. They just – there is this paradigm of there is Trump and then there is everything else that is not Trump. And as soon as it's not Trump, it's – and then you start throwing out these uh, insults about rhino squish, blah, blah, blah. And the uh, – so Ted Cruz enti- Cruz's entire life of being far too frighteningly right-wing <laughs> – for anyone other than Michael Graham to vote for is gone. This guy who simply whispering his name would cause small children to cry. He was so far on the right. Has now is now in the same. It's you know Bob Michael and Mitch McConnell and Ted Cruz and it's just you, you have the, the acid that is Trumpism has erased everything. Everything else around it. There is Trump and there is nothing else. Yeah, and and you know when you start looking at the, I would say the Corey Lewandowski thing is is troubling and worrisome for all sorts of reasons one of which is that you know like donald trump could be president and one of the one of the truisms about politics is that personnel is policy Mm -hmm. and so you look at the trump trump always says you know we're gonna have the best people 
you know, the smartest people, <laughs> the best people. And he said this, he says this with everything, whether it's Trump University. If you actually go, right. go to YouTube and look at the Trump University sizzle Ad, reel that he yes. put out, he literally says we're going to have the best, smartest people, which is exactly how he talks about staffing his White House. Yeah, and who does he have? He has Corey Lewandowski, who does not seem like the best guy, uh, you know, at the very least a guy who who really, really lies and probably has some anger management problems and doesn't know how, like, right. what is it, how is appropriate to treat uh, press people and, and how is not. And then you have when, when Trump came out last week and announced his small coterie of foreign policy advisors, uh, these people are terrible. I mean, <laughs> you look at that, this guy, Carter Page, who's an energy investor, who, like Donald Trump, is one of these guys who's always just playing angles, uh, who is totally on the side of Putin and the Chicoms and thinks that, you know, really it's America that has to look hard at the mirror, hard at the mirror at itself and how, you know, we've, we've done really terrible harm to Russia and what are we doing with Ukraine over there? And he, he even likened the right. shooting of Michael Brown to, like, the American involvement in Crimea and Ukraine. <laughs> And you just think, like, this is what you get. I think a lot of conservatives I know who are not not all the way anti-Trump but not pro-Trump uh, have told themselves that the truth is the bureaucracy of the executive branch is so enormous that even if he's president, Trump will actually wind up being constrained by all sorts of conventional people because he'll just need a whole bunch of bodies to staff right. his administration. And those bodies are going to be the bodies that are in Washington right now. I mean, all these guys who are on the Hill working for Mitch, uh, working for McConnell, working for Ryan, all all those people. It's it's a small pool of like, you know, 20,000 people. And they're, they're, some of them are going to flow into the White House and and it'll be fine. Mm. And on the other hand, you think, well, maybe not. Maybe, maybe right. he is going to bring the Corey Lewandowski's and the Carter Pages of the world with him. And, uh, and just imagine what that looks like. Imagine what an entire Trumpified administration would look like. And uh, I got to say, to some extent, Obama did this with his administration. The Loretta Lynch's of the world are not the type of people who would have been involved in you know, a normal Democratic administration. They would not have been, uh, if Hillary Clinton had been elected president in 2008, Loretta Lynch would not have been in part of her administration. Um, and I think Trump could be like that on steroids. Uh, when, you know, when you go pick up a rental car at the airport and you start with Hertz and Avis and then you keep walking down to the budget and whatever, and then you get down to Phil's auto rental and massage, the people <laughs> who are staffing that last table are the Trump administration. That's who they are. That it's it, it that that's the, the when he says top men, I just I laugh, just have to laugh out loud as you make me laugh out loud. So having been sentient for six or seven years, uh, Jonathan, the last you've done an outstanding job on the podcast. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Michael. Uh, you've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check WeeklyStandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.